Welcome to Highly Educated, the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sherman. And today we have a pretty cool guest for you. Um, She's a local gal. Uh, She owns an online vintage shop, and she's also a health coach. Um, She's from Springs, New York. Shout out to my Ospreys out there. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Localism, uh, Airbnb, the housing market. We'll talk about everything. So uh, without further ado, Ashley Martins. Ashley, what's going on? Doing good, doing good. How are you? I'm, uh, you know, I'm good. We're, uh, we're out here. We're in Springs, New York in the homeland. Feels comfortable. You God's know? country. God's country. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful uh, little place out here, a little slice of Long Island on the east end of New York. Um, that's where this podcast is brought to you from. So we're bringing you in here. We want to do, a, you know, get some good youthful discussion about the town and, and about what's going on. And obviously you got a, a couple cool things going on to yourself, but really bringing it in, um, kind of starting with the roots. Yeah. So um, I was born in Southampton Hospital, grew up on top of Sag Harbor Pharmacy until I was about six years old and went to Sag Harbor Elementary, and then Stella Maris, and then Spring School, and then East Hampton High School, then Costa Rica, then East Hampton. I've, I've moved away and come back a lot, which I'm sure a lot of locals can relate to. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. Those are trips right there. That's that's some pinball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and then going away for school and coming back. I went to like four colleges, so. Okay. You, know, you were just yeah. trying them out. Yeah. Seeing which bit. one you like better. <laughs> that's all. You're just trying. <laughs> Testing the waters, you know? Yeah. All right, so college there, and then went, uh, bounced bounced around, and then ended up Stony Brook, and then you're in, or I'm sorry, Tampa, and then Stony Brook, and then um, Italy, you said? Studying abroad? Yeah, so um, I've, I moved around quite a bit. Um, I loved Tampa, and then I decided to come back due to a dear friend passing. Um, and then when I went to Stony Brook, I wanted to study abroad, always wanted to live in Italy and having the opportunity to live in all of these places, it brought me into contact with a lot of different people and lifestyles. And I noticed the thing I love the most is probably connecting with people and speaking with them and actually trying to help them in whatever phase of life they're in. So I right. decided to go back to school and now I'm going to be a holistic health coach. So health coach, a holistic health coach, talk to us about what that is. So a holistic health coach is someone that's going to help you get to the best version of you. And I don't mean this just physically as in physical exercise or food. I mean this as in the way you're nourishing your body through other aspects of your life, like creativity, relationships, um, career, finances, all of these things are nourishing us more than we know because it affects our stress levels. It affects our overall happiness and quality of life. Wow. Yeah, that's really well said. How do you, on a daily basis, try to kind of improve your structure? Like, what do you feel like you've done to kind of have like a structure in your life that you can put in place? Yeah, I mean, this all kind of happened naturally before I even started the school. Um, I wanted to get in great shape. So I got a personal trainer. I weight lift two times a week. I started meditating consistently, um, just going on walks, being outside, drinking less. Shout out to the locals. I know that's tough. Drinking <laughs> less, she says. She says, guys, <laughs> chill a little bit. Um, and just really focusing on the things that make me feel good and make me happy. And that's what's progressed you to this point. And, you know, not to talk too much about it, um, you know, uh, but we have an online business here, an online vintage business, West Coast Treasures, um, that Ashley owns, uh, co-owns with her partner. It's pretty cool. You can check them out, westcoast.treasures on Instagram. But yeah, so that's a cool little thing on the side, little online uh, shop. Yeah, no, I love the store. Um, We've been focusing on that for about a year and it's, it's awesome. Living in California, you really just find the most amazing vintage pieces and thrifting, and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so back to the, to the health coaching. So, you know, the transition from New York to California, what was that like when you first got, like, off the plane in California for the first time, and you were like, 
you know, you opened the 75 degree weather. It was sunny. Like, what was that moment like when you're like, wow, I'm here? It was pretty surreal. It's like one of those like, oh shit, like this is where I'm at in life now. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do and I'm glad I did it, but it definitely isn't as easy as it may seem. Like people are like, oh, you live in California. It's sunny and beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. But like when you get there, of course you have like your first like, damn, all my friends are far away. I don't know anyone, but in the last, you know, almost two years, I've made, I've made some pretty amazing friendships and just grown my life there to the point where I'm very happy living there. Yeah. And you're living in the San Diego area? Yes. SoCal. Let's go. <laughs> She's living in San Diego there. And, uh, and uh, I would say that San Diego is the time that I spent the least in out of everywhere in California, unfortunately, just because I lived in like the Central Coast. Yeah. But San Diego is, is so great. I think since COVID, actually, everyone from LA is like coming to San Diego. It's kind of really? how like the city less populated people are, or like trying to get down to somewhere it's a little more spread out. Yeah, I think it was kind of like, oh, we're trapped indoors. Like, do we really want to send traffic anymore? Like, I don't know what it is, but so many people from LA are coming to San Diego now. Yeah, well, I mean, the cost of living there is crazy too. Yeah, and San Diego is like cheaper, more laid back lifestyle, less of the like. And you know what I mean by LA people, yeah, but yeah, right. no, there's a vibe about LA people. That's, that's yeah. what it is. And no offense to anybody from LA, you know, we love you, but yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's to generalize, I feel like people are a little different, you know, and there's yeah. a different rift between East coast and West coast too. It's just like being from New York or Boston, you know, you get that. Yeah. There's always going to be that like interconnection, but like also a little riff at the same time, you know, 100%. It's like a love hate thing. You know, yeah. we love going to LA, but you know, go Padres, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I feel like when I got off the plane, did you do the cliche thing where you played uh, Biggie Smalls? You played uh, uh, Going Back to Cali? Oh my God, That's no. what I played off the plane. <laughs> no, but I've probably heard that song like a hundred times. All my friends back home. Well, you I'm didn't play the- Back home California Wait, shit. And then you got to do uh, the game. The game has a song. What is it? California Sunshine. That's That was the one I played on the plane, all corny, get, stepping off the plane. I was like- yeah, this is great. I'm, yeah, California, like, sick. Gets you in a whole vibe, I get it. Yeah, and then I went into my first weed shop, and I was like, wow, this is cool. This place is awesome. That's definitely <laughs> been a highlight, for sure. I'm like, uh, wow, I don't have to go to people's houses anymore. I can go to the store anytime I want. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Are you you're saying you partake in such things? Yeah, of oh, course I do. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what that is, I'm, I'm going to tell somebody. It's, Tell them the cops. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So what have you kind of learned, um, you know, that are the most important things about taking care of your your health, like your mental health and your, and your state? I think it would be make time to figure out what works best for you because we are all so different. So what feels good for one person might feel horrible for someone else. So, you know, some people love spending time alone. Some people need more, like, social life. It, it really varies person to person, but making the time to really figure out who you are, which I know sounds kind of cliche, but a lot of people don't realize, like, what actually makes me feel good every day? Like, waking up early, sleeping in, having a routine at night, like, making my own breakfast versus going meeting a friend. Like, figure out what's best for your life and little by little you kind of will make a routine that just makes you feel your best right and that, yeah that's a really good way to put it um i would say that i i try to i try to stick to that but you know it's hard you know no it's hard i mean like like life happens so people often forget to prioritize themselves and their own self-care so it's really important to, to figure that out it's, i mean especially out here you work a lot so people work a lot and, let, and let's talk about that. I mean, you were saying before because of COVID, a lot of people's psyche, a lot of people's mental state, you know, people are not okay you know, for as a whole. I would say people are feeling kind of down and you said it, it's because, you know, the work and, and them working 70 hour weeks or 50 hour weeks or whatever it is. And, you know, they, they don't get time to go out or have fun because they're mostly working and, and they have to burn themselves out just to live out here because the rent's so high. Um, so all that keeps in mind. So this is very important, the health coach and, and you know, kind of finding out those things about your own life and, and stepping back, right? I mean. A 
hundred percent. And even imagine what the statistics would be like on the eastern end of Long Island because it almost feels like we live in a zombie town. Like I going out and just seeing the look on people's faces, they are just so drained and kind of kind of done with it, you know, working this much for that long, it's it becomes a lot to for a person to take on. Right. And the summers and now like we were talking about, instead of them having you know, the winter to chill in a nice environment with no people and kind of that little break we had, you know, now there's not that break. So it's like you really, now it's the work you're doing all, all year. So that same hustle you did in the summer might last till now November, where as before it really didn't, it stopped after Labor Day. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, for example, I work in a restaurant. Um, I work probably 60 hours a week and I don't even work the most. It's a lot. It's a lot for someone to take on physically and mentally. I mean, day after day, you're you have like everyone has a customer that is just I mean I don't want to bring down the customers but you know people can be harsh and yeah. and doing that day after here. yeah day after day it, it like wears on people and I remember when I got here and I first started at the restaurant like I, I was miss positivity like hey guys let's have a great day and everyone's like fuck no <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here with your positive attitude. Yeah, and a month later, I'm like, all right, I, I know what you guys were all trying to tell me. Like, it, it wears you down. Like, it, people, people get called names. One of my good friends worked at Gurney's. He literally got spit on. Like, that's what we kind of deal with. It's crazy. The entitlement out here is nuts. People it, are, are going out like it's like they own places and they go around into these bars. So basically yeah. what we're saying, guys, is that people need a life coach now more than ever. People are lost. So especially out here, people are, you know, thrown off from working too hard. They're not prioritizing their own needs and their own mentalities. You know, you got to make sure that you're prioritizing yourself and having some time for self-care and, and all that, you know. Well, 100%. I mean... It's tough because a lot of these people have one day off and then that's kind of the day like you go buy your groceries and you do your laundry and you take a nap. Right. That's your day to reset and, and organize. And then that's it. And it's like, when is there time for them to actually enjoy their life? Well, that's why I think the whole concept of this crazy work week is stupid anyway, but that's a larger yeah, discussion. For sure. We're both agreed on. Um, I, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. So, so you're saying to prioritize, the first thing you would do is kind of step back, take a step back you know, kind of figure out what you really are trying to live, like what lifestyle you're really trying to live, whether it be going out or whether you want to be more of an in, introvert or if you kind of be want to, you know, where do you naturally lean? Yeah. And then what's the next step? Just noticing things that make you happy would be the first step. Um, the second best step that you could do is once you actually step back and realize like what's going on in your life, try to make those changes and don't try to do it all at once. I'm not saying go on a crazy diet or run a marathon or anything like that, but just day by day, do these steps that make you feel great. Wake up a little extra early or um, go hang out with your mom, go on a walk with a friend, like do these things every single day and they're going to add up and make a huge difference in your life. Yeah, I, mean, I totally, I totally uh, agree. Um, yeah, the point is, is, Try your best and just be observant of yourself and it will make a huge impact. We don't listen to ourselves enough we at don't. all. We don't listen to our bodies. It's like, for example, um, for example, I suffer with skin problems. I've had these skin problems my whole life. Mm, I'm like, me too, actually. Yeah. I was on Accutane and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've had eczema my whole life and, you know, I never thought maybe it's what I'm eating. Like- and I did like an elimination diet for a month and I couldn't eat a ton of stuff. It was kind of horrible. Right. Um, but as soon as I introduced gluten back into my diet, I noticed right away the itching starting. Oh, really? It was a gluten thing? It's and a gluten gl intolerance? Yes. Mm. So that's just one thing for me. I mean, I'm sure everyone's different. Um, but learning that, it's like that could have saved me 20 years of buying prescription creams and being uncomfortable and being self-conscious about my skin just learning the fact that I couldn't eat that and never once did I go to like a doctor and someone been like, oh, maybe you shouldn't eat gluten or dairy or whatever or sugar. I didn't do that. And 
It, I've had this uncomfortable. Because well, doctors really aren't nutrition. I mean, they're not like they are. I mean, like, yeah, they know about nutrition, but doctors aren't really like nutritionists as well. Like, they're not no, sp- solely focused on food and diet, you know? No, not at all. I mean, I think they, I think I read that they do like 20 hours of like nutrition school and med school. Like, you don't learn much about it. I mean, that's not their focus. I get it. But a lot of this stuff ro- does root from what we're eating. So I could have learned that. I don't know, maybe not from a doctor, from like even reading it online, I guess I was too young to learn that myself, but it's just caused a lot of uncomfortableness in my life, um, physically and, you know, also just being self-conscious about it. So learning that it's a huge milestone for me because now I'm like, all right, I can stop eating this and then I don't have to be red and dry and scratching myself and people being like, oh, is that a hickey or... I don't know what other oh, shit no. they assume that I have, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I went through the uh, Accutane phase myself. Um, I unfortunately know that I have a gluten intolerance, but I just eat it anyway and just take the bad skin because uh, no see, shame. At least now you know. Like the- <laughs> I know. If I stopped eating gluten, my life would be 100% better. I just uh, can't bring myself around and not have bagels and pizza yet oh no no yet. no way and i agree with that i'm not saying i have a gluten intolerance i'm not saying i'm never gonna eat gluten again i love bread but you made a choice you realized what in your life was causing unhappiness and you changed it that's e- that's the point exactly and it's like all right maybe i'll just eat it a little less and if there is a gluten-free option i will sadly eat it right. <laughs> hey, make- um so yeah so that's that i totally can agree with that and so we're basically saying take care of your your life first, kind of get figure out what you're you're kind of trying to do, settle, right? I mean, this was a transitionary period for everybody. Uh, I was running a restaurant, and now I do landscape design work and stuff like that. So you know, I've I've shifted over. A lot of people have just kind of shifted pace here because the pandemic threw everybody off, and a lot of people lost their jobs or quit or shifted or changed positions and. You know, I think it's good to find yourself again. And I think we get lost in all this technology and this social media stuff. And um, did you listen to this podcast? Uh, It's a Joe Rogan podcast. So sorry, everybody, for mentioning a Joe Rogan podcast. But it's a Joe Rogan podcast with Tristan Harris. And he's the guy who made the social dilemma on... um, uh, Netflix. Netflix? I don't think It's all about... about, how like media companies are basically all fighting for our attention and it's insane what they go through to like have methods to like get us hooked and content binging and you know attaching users so he references a lot of these things and talks about how we've been sucked in through the pandemic of being home alone we had so much time to just sit with our phones and be on it all day long that we've like absorbed this different level of like almost like a fake level of what reality is because we've put ourselves in these clouds, like these bubbles of people. Like let's like me and you, we're, we're a little bit more on the left side of politically. Right. And we we would be grouped in a bubble, but now all of a sudden with a year of us being in this bubble, only seeing, hearing, viewing that content. Now you're only going to associate with those in your bubble and you now isolate yourself from everyone else outside your bubble. And I'm not, it doesn't have to be political. It could be, you know, about a hobby, creative art, whatever it is. They're putting you in bubbles and that's how they fight for your attention. So it's kind of strange to come back and everybody's kind of been out of this social funk. So really we all absorbed way too much technology essentially is what I'm saying during the pandemic. So this is important to get yourself back on mentally to where you need to be to function as a, you know, as a human again. We are all robots for a year. No, I can totally see that. And I even noticed that um, from the post, I post a lot on my stories, what I think politically and on basically anything I'm passionate about, I'm going to share it because I mean, that's the point of social media. You should be able to post what you want and it right. doesn't matter. Right. Um, but I had a lot of people like disagreeing with me so they don't follow me, which is fine. And it has created that bubble of like, the people that follow you are reposting the same thing. They're sharing the same news. And 
it's kind of interesting because if we're in our bubble of, I don't want to say the left, but yeah, the left, um, there's other people who are in their bubbles of the super conservative news that they're sharing. And, and, right, and, right. And, and But that's what I'm saying. It's polarizing us even yeah. further because of these bubbles. A hundred percent. So going back to what Joe, Joe Rogan was talking about on that podcast about us becoming more and more addicted to our phones and these apps trying to get us to spend more time on our phones. I mean, for example, now TikTok blew up during COVID. Now we have reels on Instagram. How long can you, like, if you love, let's say, cooking, and you start watching a cooking reel, and then you keep oh, going. Oh, you're done. You're going to have cooking ads can, all day You long. can be on your phone like an hour just scrolling, and it's it's literally made to make you well, they also addicted pay you. to this. Yeah. If they notice that you're not touching your phone for a long time, they'll send notifications, even if your app has, like, notifications off or whatever, like... They just ping your phone when they want to to try to get your attention. It's insane. It's it's kind of scary. I mean, parts of social media are beautiful in the way that we can connect with anyone in the world. Um, you know, we kind of control our own news now because no one watches regular news. It's what we post on our stories. Um, so that's kind of cool. But in a sense, we're also losing touch with reality because we are just so invested into an app and spending so much time on it that it's like, what happened to real life? Yeah, we, we forget about that there's social interactions and, and life outside of what these yeah. apps are doing. We get so caught up on, oh, that guy posted something so cool, he's doing that. And then you forget about like where you are. I've been training myself now in the when I'm in the moment of something and I really want to get a video, like a show or a concert or a dinner or something that I'm just really into, I will take the photo or take the video and I'll just put the phone back in my pocket and I'll save and I'll post it later. Yeah, I'll post it when I'm like chilling at home at night about to go to bed and I'm, I'm flick, flicking around on there. Like that's when I'll post it. That's what I think we should be doing. We should be kind of enjoying that moment again. And it's hard. I, I do photography. So it's like I are, it's already hard for me to enjoy those moments because I'm trying to capture the sunset. I'm trying yeah. to <laughs> I'm trying to take photos of the people having a great moment or take photos of this or that. So I, I don't get to like sometimes enjoy sit back and I have to remind myself, hey, like life is going on around you. Sit for a second and just take it in, you know, stop doing and just accept it. Take, take and some just back. Be you in know? the moment. I know it's, it's a lot harder. It might said level than you, done. you know, and no, being present is life changing because when you're not living to share that moment on social media and you're actually being in it, it's a, it's a whole different experience. You're right. Yeah. You're a thousand percent. Right. That's yeah. That's a good way to put it too. I just, now that everybody is, is, you know what I saw yesterday? We were at a restaurant. We were at Bostwick's on the Harbor. I love Shout it. out. Um, <laughs> we were at Bostwick's on the Harbor and I saw this family and they were eating dinner and they had like three kids on their phones. And then they're like the one kid was on an iPad and then the parents were just sitting there on their phones and everybody was just sitting there on their phone. It was like a whole table. People sitting on their phones, not saying a word to each other. What Ugh. fucking world do we live in where that's the norm now? And I get like, yeah. if you got some crazy kid and he's off the walls, give him an iPad, he shuts up for an hour for dinner. That's your prerogative. I get it. But like, mm -hmm. bring your family back into the conversation a little bit. But then I, so then I see this, right? So here's the pes, the pessimist in me is like, okay, I see this family. Oh, I like, fuck them. You know, like they shouldn't be doing that. And then I see this other family to the right of them. There's like two kids and they're like playing peekaboo like under the table. They're like running <laughs> around like they're having like a fun yeah. time and they're like interacting with each other. And so and I'm just thinking what a difference in the state of mind and happiness of those two kids and the two kids over there that are probably just staring at their phone like a zombie. It's like, man, you got to. But that's what it is. Like that's my pessimism is like, OK, no, all hope isn't lost. Like there's still hope, you know, yeah. people are still there. So it, it's a draw. But that's what I'm saying. Once you polarize yourself enough that that's your skewed mentality. It's like, oh, everybody's screwed. Everybody just gives their kids iPads. We're all done. You talk I like know. that. And then and then you <laughs> feel bad for the family that's not doing that and the parents that aren't doing that, you know? I mean, we we grew up in the 90s slash early 2000s. So we've kind of seen... Best the generation. Hell yeah. Period um, ever. <laughs> period. We've seen the changes over the years. So it's like hard not to be so negative about it because it is kind of like really you're going to give your kid an iPad at the dinner table or I've even had um, like a family come into the restaurant I work at and they'll eat dinner the dad's on the phone the entire time the kids are not and at the end of the dinner I just hear the kids being like dad like you're on your phone like 
he was oblivious. He's sitting there for an hour just talking on the phone, just oblivious to his family. And it's like, you don't get those moments back. Like whatever happened to just like enjoying as a family. Right. And that, yeah. that and that's where we've gotten to. We've gotten to a point where it's like we're sucked in and you can't have those family time or moments. Everybody has to. That's why we, my family, we obviously are different. Your family, you know, families that have deep-rooted discussion values and things like that with each other. I, I just, it's just crazy to see the the shift, you know, from, yeah. from, from those years. And we did grow up in the best generation because we got the dot-com bubble at its mm-hmm. peak finest as we grew up. So we learned the technology firsthand and even in school. Like, think about how many parents we have or, or, you know, the boomer generation, no offense to y'all out there, but it's just, it was a different level of tech, not like, you know, it, there's such a learning curve for them, for technology. We already knew it. So by the time we were adults, we already figured out all this technology that could help us do business, help us do tasks, help us do hobbies. You know, I have Adobe Lightroom that I can use for my photo editing. Like I don't have to sit in a dark room for 15 hours to develop a bunch of film and then go do whatever. You know, I can digitally take my photos and upload and bam, it's instant and there's my business. So technology has definitely made us amazing in terms of we are becoming more like machines in the terms of our like, you can work smarter and not harder is what I'm getting at. And they didn't have that luxury. So I would say that's the only opposite to we got lucky in this generation growing up with that technology and the bubble, but it has its downsides. Now, 10 years later, 20 years later, we see the reciprocal effects for sure. No, I think our generation, it's like we use technology as a tool. It's not our entire lives. But now seeing like the younger kids, like toddlers or ki- kids in elementary school, yep. they're they're two years old and they can unlock an iPad, go to YouTube, find the video they want, but they don't know how to talk yet. Mm, that's weird. Yes. It's weird. And it's only going to get worse and worse because we're just involving more technology into children's lives on the daily. It's not like us that, okay, we were kids. We had a, probably a computer at home that your whole family shared. And then you'd play like a video right. game on it for 30 minutes. And then your mom's like, okay, dinner time. It's like now they're on the iPad. Or the phone all or day. All day. Or they're watching TV. Even when they're out and about, they're, they, don't, they have no escape from it. Yeah. So now it really kind of feels like that generation's a little bit more like robots. Again, not trying to be pessimistic no, like you no. said, but... It's just a scary thought because we don't know the effects it's going to have on these people. Yeah. And, and then it's so true. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, long term. I think we're screwing ourselves. Obviously, I think every day we're becoming more disconnected with each other and more polarized at the same yeah. time for media. So I think while you have biased media, like CNN is extremely biased, uh, Fox News, extremely biased, Newsmax, extremely biased, like pick one, CSNBC biased, like all news media is biased, right? So you're. That's what you're watching all day. And then you're consuming stuff on your phone. So in your phone, you're now consuming everything in your own personal circles. There's no new content that you don't like being filtered in because they're programming it specifically to attract you to the program as much time as possible. So they want things you like, not things you don't like. And I think all of that together is the perfect storm to make you basically a zombie all day on your phone and not want to connect with real life because you have what you need. You have your social interactions. You're seeing what your friends did that night. You didn't need to go because you just saw the whole concert on somebody's phone, you know, or Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go to that restaurant because my friend posted a photo and it looked really good. You know, like I get it. You know, it's a great restaurant. Like people are doing that. It's, it's. But even taking time to disconnect, I think people would feel a huge difference. Um, Okay. If you spend, I don't know, like a lot of time on your phone, four or five hours a day, And then the next day you spend no time on your phone. Let's see how you feel mentally at the end of the day. You're going to feel better. You're going to sleep better. You're going to not be constantly thinking about what you saw, comparing. You're just going to be living life. I I just went to the eye doctor and he goes, how often do you look at screens? He goes, let me guess, like 10 hours a day minimum. I'm like, yeah, spot on. Because I do between the photography and, and designing stuff on the computer and doing you know, all the podcast editing and stuff. It's, I mean, it's, you know, I, my days are huge and my phone usage too. Doing all these things, you burn out. And he said, he said, yeah, I mean, well, I can tell. Damn, like this is literally physically taking a toll now. This isn't yeah, jokes our, anymore. Our you know? bodies are going to send us signals like, hey, this isn't good for us. And we just kind of ignore <clears throat> them. Yeah, I'd say we do. 
Well, especially we don't have health insurance. There's no universal health care here. So there's no like, you know, a guy like me, I don't have health insurance. I'm, I have a good salary. I have a good job, um, solid life. You know, everything is great, but I don't have health insurance because I'm not going to afford to spend $800 a month that it costs for health insurance. Yeah. And then you avoid going to the doctor because exactly you don't have health insurance. It's, it's an ongoing cycle. During a pandemic too, especially is not fun, you know, to yeah. have no health insurance. It's a little spooky, but no, it's scary. Imagine going to the hospital. The bill here would be literally probably hundreds of thousands of dollars or <laughs> yeah. I don't know, an absurd amount. You use the hospital bed for 46 minutes. That's going to be $3,400 times seven because there's a special rate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're like, what? What? So I, I have $46,000 for 45 minutes? Yeah. Uh-oh. $1,000 a minute. Damn. <laughs> Basically. Crazy. Yeah. So the shift of the mentality of people being on technology and their phones, this is why your um, career is important because- now you're trying to get people on track to building that. Okay, how do you get your structure back? You've been stuck on screens for a year. What, what, what do we do? How do we get back in your zone? Um, what, what diets do you want to kind of try to eat? Because for me, I've always felt that diets are not sustainable unless it's something that you know you can actually maintain. It's so unrealistic to do like a calorie diet every day or like do some kind of diet where it's like, oh, I'm not going to eat. You know, I'm going to do the Atkins and eat just like meat and whatever for six years. And then I'm going to lose like, no, like you have to do something you're going to maintain and actually enjoy eating yes. every day or else you're not going to want to do it. And it's going to make you stressed and then you're going to want to eat because you're stressed. <laughs> it's like it's it's yeah. definitely a cycle. Um, diet culture is awful and it. Any diet is going to work because you do it for a certain period of time. And of course you stop eating a certain thing. You're going to lose weight, but yeah, it's not sustainable. It's, you need to actually eat healthy. And I don't want to say a hundred percent healthy. You know, if you want a cheeseburger or pizza, like go do it. But overall focus on the foods that make you feel good. And that's going to vary person to person. You know, um, I'm Latina. Like I can eat rice and beans every day and I feel great. Some people eat rice and they don't. Right. So it, it kind of varies and it's just figuring out what your body likes and right. not focusing on so much on the calories. Focus on like, oh, do I feel full? Am I satisfied? Am I bloated? Am, do I feel uncomfortable? Like, am I tired after? Do I feel energized? Like, right. you're, you, if you really listen to your body after you eat, you're going to know what feels good and what doesn't. Right. Yeah, that's really well said. I, I, I think there's a lot of perspective here. You know, I think... We, we lose track of all this and the busyness, especially during summer of all of us working our asses off and being busy. You know, yeah. we, we forget to take care of ourselves. We really do. I mean, we stop going out to, all we do is go out and drink every night. We blow off steam. We go to the bars and we blow <laughs> off steam. You know, I feel like that's the, you know, that's the running thing, especially service industry folk. You know, I've been one yeah. for a long time. Um, that's what you do. You blow off steam on your day off. You don't want to. Which is totally normal. I mean, yeah, growing up here, you work so much that, uh, like when you do have a night off it's like yeah i want to go out and go crazy but it's exhausting because at the end of the summer you're like damn i didn't really get to go to the beach i didn't get to go hang out with my friends you just worked so much um yeah it's crazy it's changing it's all changing the the 30 per when we were saying uh the east hampton star was just posting that uh 30 percent uh, increase in population out here from the 2010 census to the 2020 census. So that wasn't even including the pandemic, which another, I would say 25% moved out here. So you're saying a 50% increase in population in 10 years. That's insanity. Um, and, and we could see it firsthand. The roads are crazy busy. There's traffic and people think, Oh, you're from the Hamptons. Oh, you're, you got everything. You got the life, you got whatever. Who do you think takes care of these rich folk? Who do you think cleans the houses and does the landscaping and, you know, drives the food to the house and does the dishes and does the laundry and takes the kids and nannies and does all the pri priority of the groceries? Who do you think does the stores that produce the food that you buy? Like, wh what do you think this town is? The, the entitlement of answers that were on, like, these posts I see online about, like, the town increasing population. Oh, don't complain. It's the Hamptons. Like... People have no idea. It's clueless. People that aren't from here don't understand because, you know, if you're coming from the city and you come out here, you're like, oh, this is so nice. It's not that much people like compared to the city. But for someone that's lived here your whole life, you're seeing this insane increase in population. And, you know, 
these aren't people that are coming to do the work. They're coming here to enjoy life. And we only have a certain amount of locals. So who's going to do all the work? We can't sustain it. We right. don't ha- we don't have the infrastructure to sustain this many Where are people. they going to live? That's Where- the biggest question. Oh, gosh. Uh, the <laughs> housing market out here is, it's blowing my mind. Um, I'm very vocal about my opinions on this. I posted something the other day and I had a real estate agent reach out to me and she, w- she was like, yeah, so many first time buyers are like, basically got fucked out of their deal because city people would come in and they're like, oh, I want this house for the weekend and they'd offer all cash or offer way more than asking. And it's like, of course, if you're selling your house, you're going to take that deal. You're not going to think about the local family that's been saving for 30 years to buy this house or 20 years or however long. Right, right. So it's just unfair. And working out here, I've also come in contact with a lot of people even before the pandemic that they live in a house where it's like four or five families living in like each family in a bedroom. Right, because they just can't afford to live at any out there because you have to make the money out here because if you go up the island a little bit on Long Island, you're not going to make the money you'll make out here, but you can't, but there's no, but there's cheaper housing. My yeah. guys, our crews, they all drive from Riverhead or, or Plus, like they go further out, send them riches just to get to work every morning. They drive on the trade parade because they all used to live here last year and then during the pandemic, they all got booted out of their places because they needed to stay sold or rent or it's happening to everyone. I mean, people can't find affordable housing because all the land that's still left that was affordable, some the town has bought some of it to make it preserve or whatever it is. So that's eliminating, you know, any pieces of property that were left that were maybe affordable. Then you have the combination of, you know, the companies coming out here, all the city companies that are coming to address the new move. So you're having new companies that aren't local builders, that aren't local electricians, plumbers, etc. So you're not using the local labor market. So you're screwing us in that sense. And then the taxation, you know, some of these people aren't, you know, they live in other places, they have tax breaks, they do all these things. I mean, it's, it's just, it's became a point where they've really eliminated any kind of chance for locals to kind of live out here at an affordable rate. I mean, you can't even buy a knockdown for under $700,000, $750,000. And it's easy for people that aren't from here to be like, okay, well, go move then. Go to Florida or North Carolina, bro. What are you doing, man? Just move. Why are you complaining? Yep. Like, you try growing up and, like, le- having to leave your hometown because you're forced out by a bunch of dickheads. Like, what? What are you talking or, about? Or even the people are like, oh, well, just move up island and then you can commute to work. Yeah, who wants to commute two hours in and two hours back? That's four hours of your day after you worked like Miserable. a 10-hour shift. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody people want, do it every day. No, nobody wants to do that. And yeah, moving away is a simple thing. I mean, my family all moved to North Carolina, actually. My aunts, my brother, because they all wanted to buy a house, so they did it. Right. They didn't want to sit here for 20, 30 years trying to save up to buy something. No, but they like they miss it. Of course, if they could afford to live out here, they would love to buy a house here. They would love to be near their family and be by the beach, but it just wasn't attainable for them. And yeah, I guess you could say, oh, well, they were able to go buy a house, but they, they lost that on their community and their friends and the place they grew up in and loved. And and it just kind of sucks for the local families that have to go through that. And how do you combat this? What's the solution in your mind? What is, what is there? Are we too far gone? Do you think we're too far replaced from what we, what we were to ever kind of revive this town? Or do you think we're at a place where it's like, okay, where it's out of our hands and this is what it's going to be moving forward? It almost feels that way, but I never want to lose out hope and... Um, I also had another person DM me who recently bought land or a house. I think it was just land though. And he said he told his local story to the guy that was selling it. And, you know, people were giving him him more offers, better offers. And the guy literally just had empathy and was like, I'm going to give it to you because you grew up out here. You want to live here and raise your family here. So he gave him a deal on it and that's lucky, but that doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, it's about selling the house and we're not dogging on anybody. A lot of local people are real estate agents. That's how they make their money. Yeah. Shout out to them. But I know local real estate agents that are angry at other real estate agents that aren't from here that have moseyed their way in through Manhattan, you know, and now they came out here and now they're selling all these homes to these people and they're not even from here. So they're taking business from them as well. Not complaining that any real estate agent had a bad year, but, but still, still, regardless, it's an issue, you know, and I think 
I think when we talk about these things, about resurrecting this town and, and getting a dialogue going, that was the whole point of this podcast originally, was to kind of just yeah. get a get the church going, get the group discussion, bring in different perspectives, talk about this, you know, because what's going to happen? We, we actually decide a lot more than we think. You know, we have access to putting town trustees and board members on there. Like, that's our vote. That's our township vote. Like, we don't yes. utilize it because we're not focused on it. There's no media drawing attention to it, so we don't care about local elections and crap because we don't think it concerns us, but we do think the presidential election concerns us, and in reality, that matters a whole lot less on your average life than your local politicians do, and we don't even know who these people are. No offense to Peter Van Skoyak and, and all the town <laughs> board members. I, we know who you are, but I'm just saying there's not much like access to you or, you know, there's it's just not a lot of open dialogue and communication besides these weird Zoom meetings or you know, things that they have. Like, why not have the, community the events? The information is not put out there. And in my perspective, I think that's for a reason. Um, if the local community had more access to this information, and you know what, anyone can say, all right, well, then, you know, educate yourself on it. But these people are so exhausted. They work so much on their day off. Do you think they're really going to be like, oh, when's the next town board meeting? Who's running? Like, we have no idea, and if the local community... Everybody's an autopilot all summer. Yeah, if the local community had more information and were actually more invested into the town and voting, things maybe could be different. What if we had more youth in that? But we don't have... The problem is, is that people don't see the hope because people are moving out in droves because we can't afford to live. Every year, you have yeah. another 10 families moving away. You know, when you come from a small town like this, you're talking about a population of maybe... 15,000 mm -hmm. total, like in all of the entirety of it during like full year round people. That was what we were, you know, like that's a lot of people are getting up and moving consistently. I mean, all of my friends are thinking about moving like basically every single one, you know, because they have no hope to ever buy a home here. What's the point? Like, what is the point of living somewhere knowing that you have no future? Well, that's why you were smart and you went to California where land is actually <laughs> really cheap and affordable um, in some areas and um, also has great uh, property uh, it's, tax. Okay, California is really expensive as well. Um, but their property tax is low for some weird reason. But I don't want to live in California. Um, no? Long term. Oh, this is just a... Uh, this is a this is just a pit stop, pit in, stop in the many places I would like to live. Okay. Where's your, where's your ending destination? Where would you like to finally end up? I have no idea. A tropical island somewhere on a big piece of land where there's no cell service. And I have like two horses and two dogs and Nice. <laughs> nice. That's the life. There that you is, go. That is the life goal right there. Um, Damn. That's a good, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good, yeah, that's a good dream right there. That is a dream. Mm. <laughs> But, you know, we're, we're talking about the town. Obviously, we want everybody to get involved. We want our friends to be involved. So I think what's important for us to discuss and just talk about briefly is that, you know, guys, get involved in your local community aspects. You know, go out to community events. Um, you know, instead of being our little clicky selves and hanging out with our groups, try to do things outside the comfort zone in terms of going to check on, you know, town board elections and members. Because if you really have a problem with the way things are, it can be changed. Anything can be changed. And I think... You know, we just have to apply ourselves if we really want to change this town um, and shift it back into the hands of, you know, locals. Because I think we are losing grasp of, you know, what we kind of held on to for so long, you know. Yeah, just because a lot of these rules um, or laws and regulations and stuff just feel like they were made for the 1%. It doesn't feel like we were in the mind of the people making these decisions. Like, right, right. And, and, and especially the storefronts, like, imagine if it... Imagine this world. Let me just give you all a utopia. Just let me let me talk to you guys for a second. Imagine a world where you go down Main Street East Hampton and you looked around and every shop in Main Street East Hampton was a locally owned store by one of your friends who had a great idea. And they were like, this is my idea. I'm going to open up a storefront. It's going to be so awesome. People out here are passionate they have great ideas. People have grown up around beauty their entire lives out here. It humbles you. It makes you creative because you're constantly around beauty. Honestly, the fact that we don't have that stamped from the town, that we can't have all these big name brands and all these things, I get you have to make a living and whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there should be, imagine that utopia, a full East Hampton town of just local shops, mom and pop, 
like it was, like it used to be, you know, of people starting their own businesses, good, solid businesses. And, and restaurants, solid opportunities for them to open up restaurants. There's so many talented chefs and servers and, you know, kitchen folk that could open up a restaurant, no problem, locally, that would be amazing. But they can't because they can't afford the real estate to entry. They can't afford the $500,000 it costs to turn a key to open up a restaurant. So you either have to partner with somebody who's extremely wealthy or you have to, and you lose half your business or whatever percentage you're going to auction off to him or you get lucky and get a good partner somehow and he takes a lot less or, you know, you uh, have somebody fully going on it and you're just the guy working, you know? So it's, that's the world I want to live in one day where the town takes it back. We have all locally owned mom and pop stores and they don't have to all be local, whatever. Allow some boutique stuff, but not you know, make it available for locals. I think that would be the future. And then bars and restaurants, allowing them to open up some bars and some places that are just for, you know, that mindset, kind of bringing us back to, hey, we need the family values. We need like- That would be amazing. That would be probably a dream for many people because there's, like you said, there's so many people out here that have great ideas. Like, you know, um, my best friend, she's Vietnamese. Her, I know her family. If they open like a Vietnamese restaurant, that would do amazing. That would be sick. Like oh, people yeah. would love it. Oh my god, yeah. And we just don't have the opportunity opportunity to do that right now. So no. Well, the commercial real estate's even crazy expensive. Everything's yeah. expensive. You can't afford anything. If you want to buy a building here and like start a restaurant, it's like a million dollars for the building. Two million dollars. Yes. Just for the building. Who has that? Which has like resorted for locals into having to find a way to make their own business. But but you know what's messed up is that they don't give them an alternative. That's what pisses me off. The town says, okay, you we're you know, the the buildings, you know, the real estate market set itself, right? That's capitalism. That set itself. The buildings are what their price is. Nobody can blame the town for that. Yeah. But then the town goes and says, okay, you guys can't buy any affordable restaurants. Food trucks. You guys don't. You guys want to have food trucks to try to make an easy living? Nope. We're not going to allow you to have food trucks. And if you want to be an ice cream truck, we're going to make you sign forty-eight hours of paperwork and make you sign up for an ice cream run. And then we're going to bust your balls every day. And then you have to fight for the spot to park the truck. Right. And then you have to do an auction to do the little things. It's ridiculous. The fact that we don't have food trucks in this town is absurd. If I was a restaurant guy and I couldn't afford to open up a restaurant, why wouldn't I be able to start a food truck? and deliver meals at night on a family block. Why can't I drive down the block with my food truck in Springs on a six o'clock at night instead of some family cooking dinner because they worked all day and they're tired, I can come buy in a food truck and sell them a $10, you know, per plate meal or something like that. Like there should be food trucks. There should be things available for the town that the town is not letting happen. And it's embarrassing. Even on like weekends, having fairs, having events, having places for these people to post up and actually, you know, you know, bring some essence back in. You know, there's too many like shitheads and share houses. And, you know, I, I did like that the town got rid of the share house thing and made Airbnb a little bit more official. I do have friends that are making money um, with Airbnb right now. You know, they have their little monthly income and it's nice. Um, but at the same time, that also takes away, once you ended the share houses, that also stopped locals from getting share houses, you know, from working houses, basically, where it's five guys that work in a restaurant. They can't get an apartment or a house together because of the share house rule. So you kind of screwed the labor market in the same word, but I understand why they did it. It was, I understand that there's some, you know, some shittiness going on there. So, I mean, have, do you, have you ever had a moment with bad Airbnb story or moment? So my mom has, um, you know, a house in Springs where she Airbnbs two rooms and she had probably one of the worst Airbnb experiences in the Hamptons. Like I can't imagine that it gets any worse than this. Wow. She had rented one bedroom, just one room. What's not the whole house. Like she lives there to a couple supposedly. And they came with another couple. They're like, Oh, can we, can we also stay here? My mom's like, um, okay. Yeah. Like, I guess I'll rent you the other room. No big deal. My mom's trying to be cool about it. So apparently the guy that had originally rented the room was an aspiring rapper who just, sold tickets online to a concert venue which was my mom's backyard and get the fuck (laughs) out of here i shit you not she has one of the tickets like on her fridge because she (laughs) she tries to laugh about it now but in the moment like she so a few people showed up 
it was like six people at first. They had hookahs out. They're starting a party. My mom's like, eh, what's in going? the backyard of your mom's house that she in Airbnb's. her backyard. So she's like, what's going on right now? Um, was there like, access though? It, like, did it include it in the ad that they had access to the back? No. Okay, it, they, so it didn't. They no, were just it, being it, assholes. Yes. Right. So my mom's like, all right. And the guy's like, it's my birthday. Like, it's just five or six of us. Like, is it okay? And she's like, okay. But as soon as, like, the dinner's over, like, I would appreciate it if you guys, like, leave. Just the people are staying here. Blah, blah, blah. She goes on a bike ride. Comes back. There is cars parked down my entire street. On, and then onto, like, the connecting neighboring street just lined up and she goes inside the house and she looks in the backyard and there's like at least 50 people already there <laughs> just partying away just a rager at your mom's house like she's like this seems like fucking project x like i don't know what's happening she goes outside she goes up to the guy she's like what are you doing he's and he keeps calling her mom he's like mom mom it's my birthday like please and She's, like, screaming at these people. She's like, get the fuck out of my house. And they're all looking at her like she's literally insane. They're like, who is this lady? Like, they had no idea because <laughs> these weren't even his friends. They were strangers that right. had sold fucking tickets. Oh so my, my mom God. called the police. They literally had to block off the fucking road so people would stop showing up. And they basically negotiated with these people that they could stay till t 11 because they were refusing to leave. Oh, my God. God. yeah they left at 11 my mom said like when people are leaving like literally their like tits were out like yeah people were doing like smoking weed in the backyard i mean it's legal now but, but what guess it's the fine. fuck no not in an airbnb that, somebody's mom first of all if yeah. you don't rent the entire place quote unquote on airbnb who the fuck do you think you are going into somebody's backyard? And and even what if a you, crackhead. Even if you didn't rent the whole, even if you did rent the whole spot, it's like you can't invite 50, 60, or who knows how many more people would have showed up. Oh my God, that's the, insane. The next day, the entire street was just covered in garbage, shoes, like everything. My mom spent like 10 hours cleaning up her house and cleaning up the street with all of her friends. <laughs> And it's just atrocious that, you know, people just feel like they have the... They Audacity. Just feel, the, 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 the entitlement. The entitlement yeah. to just treat locals like shit. <laughs> like, yeah. it's... It's a common occurrence out here. It's a, it's a trending theme. Just zero respect towards my mom. And, I mean, she survived it and it went fine. And, you know, shout out to her awesome Airbnb guests that are respectful and, you know, just come out here to enjoy the weekend. That's cool. Then fuck the ones that are jerks. Yeah. But the ones that are jerks, it's like you make people not even want to open their homes to you and, and even make that business, which, yeah. which is one of the few businesses that locals can do right now. Right. That's the only one of the thing, only things they can do. Hey, you can't do a food truck. Okay. Well, maybe I'll Airbnb a room in my house. Okay. But you're gonna have to pay like 40% taxes on it. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. Appreciate you. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's a slap all the way around. And that's why we have people like you coming in, talking shop and talking about these kinds of things. And we really yeah. appreciate you coming on and talking about um, you know, mental health and, and your health coaching. Cause I think that's really important. I think you have to come back on and talk more about, um, you know, the, the, the mindset and the mentality too. We got to get you back on here. Yeah, but. for sure. Um, I will be graduating in November and I would love to come back and share some more tips guys. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun, right? It's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, uh, we want to thank Ashley for coming on and, uh, you know, we wish her the best and success with all that she's doing. And, uh, you guys should, uh, you know, give her a little follow over at westcoast.treasures on Instagram. It's a little cool little online vintage shop. Get some cool threads there. Thank you. Right. <laughs> See you later. Bye.